0: Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or co-worker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to Save Your Sanity. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Tonight we're going to be talking about an important distinction. I think it's important for us to make these distinctions, to understand these distinctions, and to be able to know if you're caring, caretaking, or enabling. Because when you realize the distinctions, you can choose very carefully what it is that you want to be doing as opposed to what you might by default be doing and when you know that, it's important to take it in. If you are a carer, that simply means that you are kind and you have concern for other people. You're caring. That's a general way of being. But if you're a caretaker, you will soon learn that that has All kinds of difficulties that it can, it can bring about. And if you're actually enabling that is even digging a deeper hole. So we're going to talk about those distinctions so that you can reflect and say, what am I actually doing? And am I, am I actually telling myself the truth? Is what I am doing? Am I, am I covering it up? Do I think I'm being a nice person, a good person? And I've got it confused with what actually is happening. And not that you're not a nice person or a good person, but that you have it confused because you don't want to be the person who says, I have found myself in a caretaking or enabling role. And so you want to be much more um, feeling good about it to say, oh, no, no, I'm not doing that. So we want to be clear. And I know that sounds like I've said a lot of that a few times, but this kind of clarity does not come easily because of the way that we've been accultured over time. So we're we're going to talk through those things. And in the meantime, if this is your first time with me, I'm so glad that you found me. And if you have returned because you found value, I'm really happy about that too. If you'd any time you'd like to support the program, you can go to patreon.com slash save your sanity. Patreon.com slash save your sanity. And you can always find me, as you know, at for relationship help. So let's talk about these few things because we want to be caring humans. I hope we want to be caring humans. We want to genuinely care about other people, genuinely care about ourselves, and we want to be kind. So caring, great. It's a good thing. We want to do more of it. We want to make sure that that it is a focus for us that we're caring. That makes sense. People who don't have any empathy, people who are out to use and abuse people, they're not caring and you can't make them care. That's a big thing to understand that you might want to think you can make them care, but you cannot make them care because they've already learned things in their earlier life that make it so that they are not going to do anything except take caring, but they are not going to give it. Every now and again, of course, they'll do something very transactional. They'll appear to be caring because they want you to come on board or do something or not go away from them. So they'll appear to be caring, but it is not their basic nature. So then we come to the important distinction of caretaking you know caregiving is when somebody's in a in a difficult spot and we take care of them until they get better it's just automatic give and take and it's all a good thing but caretaking has a little more sinister side to look at we want to see that there's that distinction you know when you're caregiving you know somebody's not well or they need some help or whatever they need but you know it's temporary and you know and expect and believe that it will be reciprocal that's what we call friends you know you can call on a friend because then they they can call on you and it's not a give to get situation it's simply what we do for each other because we value each other and we are kind and considerate humans but caretaking gets into a different spot. It's, it's more than just taking care of someone. <laughs> it can go terribly sideways. Now, you may think these are distinctions without a difference, but and hold on a minute and let me just continue to explain this to you because it does go a little sideways and can go a lot sideways. So in caretaking, there's a certain dependence that's inferred and it will be for a short or a long period of time. But caretaking is something that hijackles want to hook you into that you will start taking care of them and for them it can be a way of hooking you in for you it may even be a covert form of control or for them because if they can hook you into caretaking they have some control over you and if you find them infirm you can have some control over them now this gets really tricky in in certain places but Many times we'll do caretaking in order to avoid uh, rejection or to protect ourselves from rejection. So we will take care of someone else. So they'll like us. So they'll approve of us. So they'll validate us. So they'll want us around. And then you'll find yourself in that horrible situation where you're actually giving all the time and you become over-giving but seeing yourself as caretaking. And it's a focus on the other person so you don't think about yourself. And you can get very involved in that, particularly if you've had certain kinds of attachment style when you were younger. So you get into a place where you're, you're happily focused on someone else so you don't have to think about the pickle you're in or the pain that you have or your own worries and concerns and will get a caretaking role. Many times hijackers play on that in a big way. They will pretend that they're more ill than they are. They'll say they have a diagnosis they don't have. They will tell you that they're constantly exhausted and they need a break, and they look to you to always be the one who gives them a break, but it never works in the opposite direction. So caretaking is sacrificing your own, can be sacrificing your own needs and your wants to take care of someone else who's quite capable of taking care of themselves. But we think, oh, let me do that for you. Then they will like us better. Now, sure, every now and again, we love to have somebody do something for us, especially if it's spontaneous and it, it comes from a place of love. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people hooking other people into taking care of them. You know, in the hijackal spectrum, if you like, I have had clients who have actually had a hijackal spouse who tells the client that they need to take care of them. They need to be able to stay home from work and have their partner take care of them. They don't have a need to earn money because it's your job. And if you had a better job, you would caretake me better. And you should want to do that. You know, many times you see some iteration on Facebook, of, you know, no one falls in love faster than a narcissist with no house or no job. Well, they want you to caretake them. They want you to be the one who sacrifices on their behalf while they're quite capable of doing it for themselves. And it's an important distinction because when you are caretaking in a caretaking relationship, you are, are operating from fear, not from love. Fear that the other person will go away if you don't caretake them. Fear that the other person who continuously threatens to leave or to commit suicide perhaps, that you have the power to stop them and they want you to do more for them so that they can make the threats that they never intend to carry out in most cases. And you will be beholden in that role and you will do it for longer, maybe do it for forever. So caretaking involves a lot of underlying nastiness in many cases. Caregiving, remember, is a different thing. You want to give. You are giving out of the goodness of your heart from that caring place. You understand it's temporary. And yes, there are professional caregivers. They they, they do it for money. Other people do it from the goodness of their heart for a while. But if there's a hijackal involved in this situation, one of those people who hijacks relationships for their own needs and purposes and then scavenges the relationship for power, status, and control, they want to hook you into the caretaking role. You should. You should give me money. You should uh, have a better job so that we can have a better life. You should give me uh, all of your time. You shouldn't want anything from me. The relationship will always be unbalanced. And of course, as I've said so many times before, hijackles are the masters of the plausible lie. There will be just enough truth in what they say sometimes to have you go, "Well, that could be the case. It could be true. And if I don't believe it's true and I don't act on I it, believe it's true, I might have a regret. And so they hook you in in that way. Caretakers have low empathy for themselves. Aren't they the perfect people for hijackles to glom onto, to be, to take care of them? Because the hijackle has no empathy for other people, and caretakers have low empathy for themselves. Oh, I can keep going. A good person would keep going. If I had it together, I would have lots to give. So it's important to see where these differences lie, because in the hijackal relationship, which is what I talk about mostly, they're just looking for a way to get you. You know, in my book, Escaping the Hijackal Trap, you will see a whole chapter called the Gotcha Factor. You know, they're all sweetness and light, love and and. Uh, things in the beginning. You think, oh, how did I get so lucky? This person listens to me. This person remembers what I say. This person is in such a rush and in so much love. They want to marry me, live with me, have a baby, uh, mingle our finances. Oh, it's so wonderful. But you don't realize that that wonderful is a come on. It's not what you're going to get all the time later. It is something that they're in a big hurry to do the gotcha factor, so they don't have to pretend to be listening all the time or remembering or taking you to the places that you'd like to go or impressing you in any way. That will be withdrawn either quickly or over a long period of time. People ask all the time, okay, when when does the hijackle show their stripes? Well, depends on the hijackle. I had one sad situation where everything was sweetness and light up until the wedding. After the wedding, they left the reception in grand style. The man dropped the wife off at the hotel and wasn't seen again for five days. It was immediate. Other people had a good two or three years, and then it started to seem to denigrate that at least that's when they noticed it. Then when we talk and we go back through it all, when they become my client, then they say, oh, you know, I made rationalizations and justifications for their behavior for probably a year before. I really believed that that's who they really were. And that's very important to see. And so if you ever want to be my client, you can uh, simply go to beaclient.com. I have a one time one hour new client offer there for $97 at beaclient.com. So when I'm talking to the people in their experience, they're good-hearted, you know, they want to um believe that the other person just made a little mistake. Didn't mean to be nasty. Didn't didn't mean to forget to do the thing that they said they would do. Didn't mean those nasty words that came out of their mouth. Healthier people make exceptions. They make compromises. They recognize people make mistakes. So they give them much more time, much more benefit of the doubt for much longer than is actually turns out to be healthy. So it's important for us to see these distinctions because if if there's a caretaking role going on, like I had a client recently who said that every time he thought of leaving her, she would get some kind of ailment, or she would want to quit her job and start a new one. There was always a reason that she needed to have a caretaker again. The pattern did, did not appear to him for quite a while, because he thought that he was doing a wonderful thing, and he was, if he were with a healthier person they would have appreciated it. It wouldn't have been a pattern at all. It would have become those three things that are the hallmarks of a healthy adult relationship. There would have been equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. And therefore, these things would flow beautifully in both directions, and it would be fine. So that's what you're expecting when you're in a healthier person in the relationship, and it takes you a while to get with the program to say, you know, this never happens. It never comes my way. It never comes to be my turn. And then you start to see that you begin to resent, you know, this is not good. So that in itself is an unhealthy relationship. But then there is the thing that is going to make things much worse over time, and that is to be enabling. And enabling, my definition of enabling, is when you usually or frequently step in to fix, solve, justify, rationalize, or make the consequences go away for the poor choices of another human, especially that last bit. Enabling us when you make the consequences go away for the poor choices of another. So you start thinking there's going to be equality, reciprocity, and mutuality, and then you find that there isn't. And you start noticing that things are particularly one-sided, and that's very, very difficult because then you beat yourself up. Oh, how could I say that? Am I being selfish? Am I being the difficult one? So you argue with yourself for a while, and yet the pattern still is one-sided. And you you give them the benefit of the doubt, and you lean in, and you do things for them, and you think that you will be rewarded at some point, that it will come back to equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. No, no, no. It's never going to happen when you have a hijack. Home. It's not going to go there because you definitely cannot be equal with them. They will not allow it. They'll give you the sense occasionally in the beginning of the relationship that it'll be equal, but they're not going to allow it over time. So as you start feeling it's getting one-sided, healthier people say, oh, well, I'll just explain that and say, I need something. I want something. I'm you know, it would be really great if my needs were considered or that we could do something I'd like to do. And then you begin to see the hijack. like, what? You have needs? You have wants? You have preferences? Well, maybe later, but right now today I need this to happen. And then we get trapped in again in the future faking that one day it'll be different than this. And we buy it because we want to be fair. We believe relationships involve compromise. But remember the idea of a hijackle. A hijackle says that they will comp- that they're comp- willing to compromise. But when they say that, they believe they're standing in the middle already. They're not going to move at all. <laughs> so I know it's sad to think that people are wired this way, but they are. And when we start to realize the patterns, and we find that we can't make any headway with changing the patterns, no matter what we say, no matter how kindly we say it, then we have to follow some strategies for dealing with hijackals. And that's what I talk about a lot, as you know, because you may have been following the podcast, um, or you may be a member of my Emerging Empowered community. And if you'd like to be and you're not, you can go to joinintoday.com. Join joinintoday.com safely off social media on my website where you can talk to others who are going through what you are going through whatever stage you're in there are different groups for different stages and then you can get support along with that you can also get to group ask me anything calls with me a month and all kinds of wonderful things so you start to feel it's one-sided and you, and you you say, oh, maybe I'll just work a little harder. Maybe I'll try to engage them. I, I should not be selfish. So you reinvest. You think, okay, I'll just put a little more in. Then you get a little more tired. But you believe if you do it, it will come right again. Now, you know that urban myth about how to boil a frog. You put the frog in cold water. And you very slowly turn up the heat until the frog is uncomfortable, but they think you don't mean it. And then they begin to be hurt and they give you the benefit of the doubt. And then all of a sudden you're boiled (laughs) and it's over. You are in a pattern where you are constantly hurt. You're constantly uncomfortable. And it's very similar to life with a hijackle. You don't want to believe it, but at some point it's necessary to see it. And if you go to my website for relationship help and click on the free checklists, you can start there by taking the checklist that says, am I in a toxic relationship? That can help you, it's free, just go there. But this resentment is building and you wanna believe the water's not getting hotter, but it is getting hotter and this pattern makes makes the balance more for them, less for you, more for them, less for you, and, and it keeps shifting, so you're getting less and less, they're getting more and more, and the resentment builds up again, and you give up, you give in, and you just get exhausted, you maybe wear yourself out so much from being put down, torn down, and worn down, that you you just give up and give in all the time. Why bother? It's not going to have a different result. When you ever get to that place, please come and use the, the new client um, one-time opportunity to talk with me because you're too exhausted to think that through. And I'm certainly here to help you at beaclient.com. But you can get so worn down that you don't think that you can get out of the pod, before you get boiled. But you can. not And I'd love to talk that through with you. But you know, you're cheating yourself when you enable, because there's no balance in it. And when there's no balance in it, it can't go anywhere good. It just simply can't. So you start recognizing that the more and more you give in a hijackal relationship, the less and less you get. And then they demand that you give them what you have been giving them and question you as to why you don't give them more. So you can see why it was important for me to bring this conversation to this episode. We can think we're being really good people. We're definitely being the healthier person in the relationship with the giving nature that we have or the kindness, the caring, for others. And we go the extra mile. But when we're in a hijackle relationship or with the hijackle, they are counting on the fact that they can get you to do anything. They can manipulate you. They can wear you out, tear you up, spit you out, <laughs> completely emotionally exhaust you to the point where you're just compliant. And that's very, very unhealthy that is never going to be a relationship that you will thrive in. And if you've had relationships or you've had uh, parenting situations where even as a young child, you were taught that you didn't matter. So you keep trying to please so that you can get some approval, you can get some validation. The hijackle is counting on you going to do that. They're absolutely thinking, isn't this clever? Look what I can get this person to do. And if you enable them, if you jump in to fix and solve and justify and rationalize or make the consequences go away for their poor choices, you are setting that in stone. You are enabling them. I personally don't believe it's loving to let another person be unloving to me. I'd love you to think about that, <laughs> because if you allow people to be unloving to you, you're actually being unloving to them, because you are not teaching them about boundaries. You're not teaching them that there needs to be some balance in the equation, and that's not good. Now hijackal is on high alert to find out how much can I get from you, and how easily can I get it. Does it mean that I throw you a little hand of handful of breadcrumbs and you think, oh, thank you for the meal? They'll do that. Small investment. If they think making you feel guilty will work, they will do that. If they think making you filled with obligation and fear, they will do that. You know, in uh, Susan Forward's book, Emotional Blackmail, she calls it FOG, an, af- an acronym for fear, obligation, and guilt. People who are emotional abusers will use the FOG all the time. You should. A good person does. If you had any brains, you would. They're always keeping you in the FOG. When you start to see these things, and you know, I've got over 500 episodes for you to look at between Save Your Sanity and Emotional Savvy podcasts, So there's lots to support you there, but please look at this distinction between being a caring, kind person with concern for others, a caretaking role where you are actually taking over the responsibilities for somebody else, and then you become manipulated in that, or the enabling role where you just think, I'll give myself away and they will be so grateful at some point that there will be something coming back to me. No, that's not going to happen. They're going to take, 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 and you're going to fall on your face. And they're going to say, next, who wants to take the place of the person who's fallen on their face? I know that's pretty straightforward, (laughs) but that's what happens. And we need to wake up and smell the herbal tea. You know, we really need to do it today. Because if you discern some of these patterns I've been talking about, and you thought that by being the better person, going the extra mile, giving till it hurts, that's a phrase I'd like to have taken out of the English language. But if you have been thinking that, and when you reflect on what I've said today, you realize that nothing is coming back. Yeah, a little sprinkling here and there when they really want something or they're afraid you'll go away. But nothing is coming back of value. Nothing is coming back that's sustainable. Nothing that is coming back that fills you up. It is just enough to have you giving to them again. So these are important pieces of the puzzle. And as I've said, reflect on them. Is it possible that your mind, as you listen to this episode, went into a place of, oh, well, that's not fair. You're just supposed to do for others. Do, do, do for others. No, that won't work. That's an imbalance. There's no balance of compassion for others and compassion for yourself. And always remember that self-care is not selfish. Self-care demonstrates that you want to be in the top shape to live your life fully. So never mistake self-care with being selfish. A hijackal will want you to do that. They'll tell you that you're selfish because you want a day off or you want to go for the beach or you don't feel like doing the dishes tonight or whatever it is. But I hope listening to this episode it has caused you to think about some of the things that you're telling yourself about how you are going the extra mile and being a good person. And now you realize that you're going the extra mile because they're taking you for a ride. So until we speak again, take very good care of yourself because you're precious and you matter. And come on over and visit me at forrelationshiphelp.com. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas, and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreoncom saviorsanity